Okay. Um, right, I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to um, read a little bit from Acts 14. Um, we're going to look at where we currently are in the story of Acts. We've been looking at this book together. We've been considering what it means to be a sent people, a people on a mission, a people that go. We've looked at the expansion of the good news of the gospel from its early origins, from when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit meets and encounters disciples of Jesus that are being told to wait in Jerusalem to then go and affect the ends of the earth. And we're right in the middle of that story. So we've got a very action-packed chapter. I'm going to read it through. We're going to draw out a couple of points. But then I also want to use this morning as a bit of an opportunity to share to you um, a little missions trip that a few of us went on last week to Berlin. So I'm going to invite up some friends um, that came with us as well. And we're just going to share to you some of the ways that God spoke to us while we were away and some things that I just think God's laid on our hearts. And I think it's things that God wants to just need into the dough a little bit, get into us as a people to hear some of those stories and to reflect on them and to see what God's doing amongst us. So, um, so we're going to do that. We're going to pull up Acts 14, first of all. Thanks, Sarah, if you just grab it up in there. So, let's start to read. This is some of God's word for us. So, Acts 14. In Iconium, they entered the Jewish synagogue, as usual, and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews, they started to stir up the Gentiles and poison their minds against the brothers. So they stayed there a long time and spoke boldly for the Lord, who testifies to the message of his grace by enabling them to do signs and wonders. But the people of the city, they were divided, some siding with the Jews and others with the apostles. And when an attempt was made by both the Gentiles and the Jews with their rulers to mistreat and stone them, they found out about it and fled to Lycian, towns of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding countryside. There they continued to preach the gospel. The pace is fast here, lots going on. In Lystra, a man was sitting who was without strength in his feet. He'd never walked and he'd been lame from birth. And he listened as Paul spoke. And after looking directly at him and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, stand up on your feet. And he jumped and began to walk around. And when the crowds saw what Paul had done, they shouted, saying to the Lysonians, saying in the Lysonian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called him Zeus, and Paul, Hermes, because he was the chief of the speakers. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the town, brought balls and wreaths to the gates because he intended with the crowds to offer sacrifice. Even the, even the, the priests of Zeus's temple started to believe that these guys were Greek gods that had been expressed in human form. They thought the gods was amongst them and they wanted to come and bring worship to these two men. And the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, they tore their robes when they heard this, not to show how muscular and strong they were like gods, but no, in, in outrage when they heard this and they rushed into the crowd shouting, people! Why are you doing these things? We are people also. We're just like you. And we are proclaiming good news to you that you turn from these worthless idols, that you turn to the living gods, the gods who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. In past generations, he allowed all the nations to go their own way, although he did not leave himself without a witness 
since he did what is good by giving you rain from heaven, and we got a lot of it today, and fruitful seasons, and filling you with food, and your hearts with joy. Even though they said these things, they barely stopped the crowds from sacrificing to them. Some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and when they won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city thinking he was dead. After the disciples gathered around him, he got up and went into town. Again, see, fast pace in the story that's going on here. The next day he left with Barnabas for Derby. Just quick pause, interjection before we continue to read. Very quick how you change from being Zeus-like gods to being stoned by the crowds. Just comment, don't worry too much about people's public opinion of you. <laughs> don't worry about it. People's opinions changes very quickly. The mob changes very quickly. Public opinion changes very, very quickly. Don't put your confidence in the mob or the crowds because one day you'll be Zeus and the next day you'll be stoned. And I'm not talking about that stoned. <laughs> you know, you'll get stones thrown at you. So often we are dictated to by people's opinion of us. We want to be liked, we want to be popular, we want to be seen. The world has not changed. One day you're popular, the next day you're dead. It's just the way that it is. Don't find your confidence in the things of this world. That's not what we do. Second one, interesting bit as well, is that Paul and Barnabas, their evangelistic message is not one that they use to the Jews. So when they're in Jewish synagogues preaching the gospel, they open up the law and they say, come on, let's read the word together and see that Jesus, the Messiah, is being revealed through all of this great book that we have provided to us through the law and the prophets. When they turn up to a bunch of Gentile believers, they don't open the law immediately. They appeal to the laws of nature. They say, God, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything in them, in past generations, he allowed all nations to go their way, although he did not leave himself without a witness. Since, since he did what is good by giving you rain from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. He appealed to this common sense of grace that we get as well. There are huge opportunities for the unchurched in the world that we live in just to see God revealed by the fact that he's our great provider, that we have food in our bellies, that rain falls from heaven. Actually, everything around us in all of creation, now I have to stare that way because it's the only window we got, but all of that points towards the great creator, the maker of heaven and earth and everything in them. And so Paul and Barnabas are clever. They go straight towards common grace revelation rather than this time going to the, to the law. And that's okay. It's appropriate times to grab your Bible and say, come on, let's read this together. And there's 100% appropriate times just to draw people to the world that they live in and say, does that not point to you? Something even on your fingertip. Doesn't that, that, that bit of DNA or that bit of fingerprint that you've got, doesn't that point towards a creator who made you with purpose and intention? Both those things are beautiful. And again, like John said, if you're on the Alpha course, some, of, some people on Alpha, you might be here today. You might be exploring because you have a Christian background or you have some understanding of God's words. Praise God, the Alpha course opens up scripture and reveals to us God through this incredible book. But it also will talk as well. If you've got no Christian background at all, you don't even know, you're thinking, what is this about? Who's this bloke? What's he chatting about? It doesn't matter because part of it, God just chooses to reveal himself through common grace in the world in which we live in. And Alpha explores that as well. So let's keep going. The pace that goes on with the story. After they preached the gospel in that town, and made many disciples. This is the second many disciples they've now made in just going from another town to another town. 
Um, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. It is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So one more time. It is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That is not a brilliant advertising slogan for the Christian faith. You know, sack the, the, the marketing department of Paul and Barnabas' ministry because they pitch it on the truth that it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. I've, I've flicked back to Acts 7 when, um, when Paul became, well, when Paul encountered um, Christ on the Damascus Road. And one of the things that was said to Ananias when he was meant to go and speak to Saul, he said, you must go and tell Saul, Paul, how much he is going to suffer, or you must, let me just get the, the phrase right, you must scribble it down here in the week. If it was on the right page. Okay, here you go. You must go and tell Paul how much he must suffer for my name's sake. That was his opening gambit to the Christian faith. That was Paul's conversion sales pitch that came to him. You're going to be taught what it means to suffer for my name's sake. I think, again, just a little interjection I want to put in here. Sometimes, sometimes the danger of the gospel that we present is the bed of roses and, and good life. And God loves to bless us. I'm a blessed man. We're blessed people. God loves to bless us. But we must understand that followers of Christ, our logo is a cross. Just let that sink in for a minute. Our logo is a cross that we wear and a cross is not a fashion accessory that we just carry around with us because it looks hip and contemporary. A cross is a method of execution and torturing and suffering that takes place and that's our logo. That's the Christian logo that we bear is a cross. That should speak to us a little bit about what it truly means to be disciples of God. And I think the thing is, when you, when you portray the gospel in all of its fullness and you understand this is the pearl of great price, this is worth giving everything for, this is to be known and loved by God, this is to find true joy and contentment, despite the suffering and the, and the hardships of life that I walk through, then I think you make deep, profound disciples of the living God that then go on mission and change and transform the world's. Because if all we're doing is drinking baby milk and we're being told, the Christian life's really nice, you're gonna make loads of friends, you're gonna sing some really nice songs, you're gonna clap a bit on a Sunday morning, people are really smiley and friendly, those things, they'll keep us shallow. Because actually sometimes it's the, it's the reality of life that we walk to and, and who doesn't know that life is feeling hard at the moment? For many of us, we may feel like there are trials and hardships in which we walk through that maybe financially, that may be because of health, maybe because of loss, maybe because of fear and worry of a world that feels like it's slowly imploded, maybe out of anger towards people that are in positions of power and authority. You may be so annoyed at people that are making decisions at the moment in this country, but you're suffering because you say, but I submit to Christ. He's my great prize. He's my pearl. He's the thing that I give it all on my, on, for him. He's the one that I love. He's the one that I trust. And that produces deep, grounded followers and disciples of the living God that go on to go and change and transform the worlds. Otherwise, all we are is there's a bit of a shallowness to our faith. 
There must be depth to it as well. And more often than not, God calls us to that through the trials and hardships and sufferings of life that we walk through. Why do I think Paul was the kind of guy he got shaped into? Because of the things, the, the stonings that he had to walk through, the rejection of others. And all of it, he knew what he was running for. He knew that Christ was worth it. And therefore he persevered to the very ends and he made it. It's an incredible part of the, of the gospel that we must ensure that we talk about as well. So then let's keep coming back to it. When they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, that's one of the sufferings we might sometimes need to go through, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. They passed through Poseidia and came to, I, should, I hate reading all these names, I should have got, I got a Bible reading group with David and Hillary and David normally reads all the hard names for me. Um, I should have got you to do this, David. Um, they passed through Poseidia and came to Paphelia. After they had spoken the words in Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there they sailed back to Antioch, that's an easier one, where they had been commended by the grace of God for, they, for the work they had now completed. After they arrived and gathered the church together, they reported everything God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles and they spent a considerable time with the disciples okay it's part of God's word it's a fast bit of going through it's a missionary journey that Paul and Barnabas have gone on you're going to find out pretty soon Paul and Barnabas have a bit of a fallout spoiler alert you're going to find out what that's like to have to have fallouts with people and have to work that out alongside each other but they go on this missionary journey they see a huge amount of fruit people saved people added disciples made they plant churches as they go they experience hardships and suffering along the way but in doing all of it and I, I think this is if I could just sum it up in one final they reported everything that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles let's remember in every missionary thing that we ever do if in, in any action or anything that we participate or get involved in it's always God that opens the door we might bang on it and we might sometimes try and push on it pretty hard but normally if God closes a door the door stays shut and if God opens a door you can't close it anyway because God's God. He's sovereign. He chooses as he pleases. So if he says, I open a door to the Gentiles, our success then is actually the obedience of walking through the doors that God opens. Actually, the success, again, I think of this whole missionary journey, wasn't even in the numbers or the churches or the things that were established or done. The real success of that story is a story of obedience. God called them to something and they obediently went. They saw a door open by God and they walked through it. That's a lesson to us as well. Don't measure success the way the world measures success. Measure success through are you obedient to God or not? Are you being obedient to the call of God on your life? Because that's a true mark of being a disciple of the living God. We walk through the things that he opens towards us. So, I'm going to pause there. We're going to use this as a bit of an opportunity because I want to, I want to share back some of our own memorable trip, missionary journey, to go and spend some time with the church in Berlin. It was a huge blessing last week. Actually, I, even in reading these, this chapter that's there, you realise there was some real joy of being there. There was some real hope, pray, fruit from our time spent with the church over there. But also, when you're there, we, no one got stoned either sense of the stonings I don't think um, no no one got stoned but while we were there actually you observed hardship within the church it's easy to pick it up 
pretty quick. Some of the suffering that they've walked through, some of the sickness amongst their leadership team, some of the challenges of being in a big city that doesn't particularly like Christians very much, some of the challenges of being in a big city and very isolated during, the, during a pandemic, being 50 believers in one place in a city that is very unchurched, uh, being in a city that's very secular. And, and, and we heard stories of, of racism that was existing within the city of individuals, and we, we might share some of that in a minute. We heard stories of people's ongoing sickness and challenges with learning language and embedding into culture. We heard challenges about even just where they can meet regularly, where people will allow them to gather as Christians. There's a suffering to follow in the call of Christ, but actually it's not that we say, well, the, the going's got tough, therefore that must mean that God's not in this. I think sometimes in those moments where you say, no, God's opened this door, therefore I'm going to continue to walk through it, despite the challenges, because actually that's making a depth in who we are. So a couple, a couple of little things I just want to show you, then I'm going to get some of the team up to share, share some stories as well. Sarah, could you just ping some, I'm not, I'm not going to do 500 photos like you used to do at your mum and dad's house when they went on a holiday, but I just want to show you a few people. So this is us as team. I went along, um, which was a real joy. So people would jump up. We had a fantastic German meal, which was great there. The schnitzel was beautiful. Um, a bit of lemon on the schnitzel was lovely. Um, and so, yeah, this was us just before we went and joined on the Friday evening. We went to their prayer meeting together. The next little slide is... Part of the fun of being this, if you've ever been to Berlin, Berlin is full of these buddy bears, they call them. They're these bears that exist. Apparently, there's like 5,000 spread around the world now. Um, but I just decided everyone had to find a buddy bear that was there during the time while we were in Berlin. So once we'd found a buddy bear, we needed a photograph with the buddy bear. And actually, Caleb and Nikki in the top right corner, they found what was called the king of the bears. Now, that was, that was an exciting moment where it's almost like a Julius Caesar bear with a chariot of bears pulling him in front. So you all got to pile into that in the top right corner. Um, you can see Jürgen got very attached to his bear down in the far corner there. And, um, and one of the stories that we decided to, to, to bring out is you can't really see it, it's very small, but Nick LePed was actually looked like he was being born out of the armpit of a bear. Um, and so I'm now going to tell my children that Nick's origins actually was born out of a Berlin bear through the armpit. And, um, and so, yeah, that will be Nick LePedvin forever now. That's also his church suite profile. So all I'm going to say to you is if you don't upload a picture on your church suite profile, I'll find a picture of you and I'll upload it for you. And that's now become Nick's picture, which will live there forever because it will never change it. Um, okay, so Berlin is a beautiful city though. You even just spending some time there, it's a, it's a hard city, a challenging city. I think Rach Pavey might mention it in a minute. It felt quite oppressive in lots of ways, but a beautiful city, like just an incredible place to, to walk around and to see some of the architecture, some of the, so just even, uh, okay, I'm, no, should I say it out loud? Yeah, I'll say it out loud. I sometimes prefer Hastings to Eastbourne a little bit. <laughs> Awkward. Hastings has just got a bit more soul to it. Like the reality is, it has. Hastings has got a little bit of soul that I like about it. And you walk there and you feel like, oh yeah, I like this place. I went to, this is the difference to me, like Madrid and Barcelona. Barcelona like, had a bit of soul and Madrid was beautiful, but it didn't feel like it had a huge amount of soul to it, like character that's in there. Berlin felt like it had some real character. I loved it. It just felt interesting. There was like a vibe that was going on there. It felt a place where you could tell the people of the world mixed and were. Forget I said that about Hastings. It clearly went down badly. <laughs> but I've scored some brownie points from any of from Hastings as well. And obviously, if you ever kick me out of leading here, I can just say to the Hastings church, hey, look, I really like your town. Um, <laughs> 
Um, okay, and then this is some of the stuff that we did. So on Friday evening, we, we had some food together and then we went and joined with the church. And this will give you a, a, a kind of view of the size of the church. There's probably 50 people that are gathered there, including kids and children. They've been gone about five or six years. This is their prayer meeting in the evening, but even though it may have felt a bit small in size, it was a powerful, beautiful evening. Um, Caleb and Nikki just led us through in, in some German and some English worship that was there. Caleb, um, Jürgen brought this just incredible devotion just about um, the leper that gets brought to Christ and how we're called as, uh, as, as Christians sometimes to bring people to God. And that sometimes that involves saying, I've just got to carry you. You just need to get to Jesus. Let me carry you to him. And he shared it in German for them. And you could just tell like the church is very often has, I'd say like a heavy leaning towards English, a bit international as a feel. But then Pete said this little phrase, he said to the congregation there, please pray in your heart language. And as people started to pray, they just started to pray in German. And it was a beautiful thing to hear people praying in their own language of their, of their passion and love for the city they live in. And so to be able to serve in that way and to lead worship in German, and man, what a blessed church we are. Like what a blessed people that we are. I said this a few weeks ago, like an Antioch church, just to have German speakers amongst us. They then go and bless a German congregation in another city and come and bring a devotion and a time of worship. It's just amazing. So, so good to be able to do that. And we'll hear a bit more in a minute. And then, um, then on the, the next day, so if you click across the next slide, Sarah, the, the Sunday, then what we did is often they'll meet in a Turkish um, wedding venue. Again, the reason is because it's a, a couple of Muslim brothers that meet in this, um, this, this wedding venue that they use for weddings that go on. Um, but a lot of places just won't let them come and worship. They don't want things of faith to happen in their buildings. Whereas these Muslims are saying, well, okay, well, you know, we're we're Muslim, that's fine, you can come in and you can come and use this venue. So they're now using it, it's called the Gloria Centre, it's right in the heart of, of, of Berlin, right by Checkpoint Charlie. And they normally meet there on a Sunday morning and gather about 50 or so of them and have done, it costs them about 500 pound a week to book it. So they're putting a lot of money for 50 people to try and use this venue that's there. But then once a month they do house church. And so you can't quite see it, but we had three um, little home churches that were gathered around the city in different Keats, which is like their neighbourhoods that are there and we had a little Zoom link to all see each other. I was in the, the family house with all the kids and it was chaos. So, you know, we were trying to, we, we were breaking bread, we were praying, we were trying to bring some devotionals. I think we were the only Keats, the only little group that had children in it. I think one of the others had slightly older children, but we had like the three-year-olds. So they were just playing games and screaming and running around, but it was beautiful. It was life that was happening and they loved each other and they worshiped together and they prayed together. And so we did this in our locations and we, we broke bread as we were there as well. Um, and then is there one final little slide? I can't remember. Yeah, and then um, one, of the, one of the extra bonuses just the weekend of being together was it was the Berlin Marathon, which was amazing. I've never seen a marathon live before and I feel sorry for the London Marathon today in the rain. But it was a beautiful weekend last weekend and Kip Kajay broke the world records. He ran a marathon in two hours and one minute and we saw him run straight past us and Wendy just 
cried. She, she was a bit dosed up on, um, on some medication because she basically had a bit of a coldy, fluey thing when she was there. And, but I don't think it was just the medication. They were playing David Bowie's um, We Could Be Heroes, but in German. So this live band were playing. Kip Kajay ran past us about 36 kilometers out of his 42 kilometers he was trying to complete. He's on his way to win it. Everyone's cheering. And when, I was like, Wendy, are you crying? She was like, it's just amazing. He's like, it's just, he's running and it's just, he's here. He's a hero and he's gonna break it. It's just it's in German, and I was like, okay, okay. Um, but so that was, but that was a really fun time. And I only put, I only share this there because, again, I love Rachel. I've known Rachel a long, long time, and we had this brilliant bit. She was so into the marathon. She's cheering everyone. She's like, if you've never done it, again, picking random names. Like, go on, Kevin. Don't know Kevin, but you just see his name. Go on, Kev. You can do it. And some people that slow down, and then you shout at them. They, they all of a sudden find that little spurt to keep running. But Rach needed to get a plane home, and she realised that we're the wrong side of the road to where she needed to get to. So that's the face of Rachel basically like, I've got to cross this road with thousands of marathon runners and I don't quite know how to get back the other side of the road now. So it was fun for the two hours while we were cheering, but the half an hour of anxiety creeping in of, I'm going to miss my plane because I'm stuck the wrong side of the marathon. Um, was just a brilliant thing. And then this is Pete. So Pete heads up the team over there, moved over from East Grinstead with his wife, Sarah. Um, and they got a young daughter, Johannes, who was born out there. And Sarah's German. And, um, and yeah, it was just, just a joy to spend some time with him. He's had a challenge in the last few years. And so, um, yeah, again, just uh, we went on some e-scooters for an evening. It was a brilliant. Just sh- looking around the city, seeing it, ended up at the Brandenburg Gate, praying together, talking about life. Barnabas stuff, just being an encouragement. There's no massive strategy there, but I just want to be an encouragement, just want to bless people. And that's a guy who, you know, I've known for 20 odd years, grew up up the road, you know, known him for a while. And so to be there and just encourage him and spur him on a little bit, I hope, I hope it's a bit of a blessing. So, um, so yeah, it's a really, really beautiful trip. I just want to invite up the people that came. So could they just come and join me up on stage? Because I'm going to get some individuals to share. And John, can I nick that mic? Is that okay? Brilliant. So you've got Jürgen and Mona, Rach, Caleb and Nikki, Sarah's there. Is Nick, Nick's on security, is he? Nick's there, he's got his top on. Come in, can we just, just give him a, it's just, like, come and join everyone. Oh, and when, says when, good, I didn't know it. Great, and so this is less about like applauding, well done for going to Berlin, it's just, Sometimes when you're fresh on a stage, it's just nice not to be silent, okay? It just helps break the ice a little bit. So, um, so it was a real joy to go away together. And I think, again, I say this, this, this wasn't like, hey, let's go through the list and try and pick all of our favorite people to go to Berlin, to go on a trip. This is a beautiful selection of people across the life of this church that some of you might know or not know. But what I'm really hoping is that this models, we want to be a people that are sent and to go. And actually... Rachel said, I'm probably going to give it to you first, just about, you know, the hidden treasure stuff that's seen in it. So can I pass that to you and just kick off? What was the joy of being here and that? Cool. Yeah, so I was a very last minute addition to this trip um, because of a passport administrative error on Clive's part. Um, ah. so, um, so I was not Ooh, anticipating burn. being on this team. So this was a very last minute. I found out I was going on Tuesday and left on Thursday. So it was quite an intense, quick go. Um, and for me, I was a little bit apprehensive about it beforehand because I thought, oh, I don't really know any of these guys all that well, apart from Wendy and Ollie, but like, I don't know anyone all that well. Like, how's this going to work? And, you know, um, okay, let's just go for it and see what happens. And 
I learned a lot on this trip, and I could talk for hours, as we all know. But like, but one of the highlights for me was just getting to know all of these guys individually, and just finding like the amazing sort of thread that joins us all together as God's family. Yeah. Um, and that we've got we're family regardless. So actually, you've got that as your starting point, and you know everything else is just kind of finding the treasure in each person. And I could tell you something that I learned about every single person that's standing up here that just blessed me massively. Um, and that just made my heart for God's people just grow. Um, and that just made me just love that experience of just loving people and being in fellowship together and um, just being a family and just experiencing something with each other. Um, and yeah, it was just an amazing blessing. And I just learned so, so much. And that some of us were really vulnerable and some of us really kind of shared with each other by the end. And no, it was just a really valuable, amazing experience. That's beautiful. Can you give it to Caleb? Go on, Caleb, pick up what you were texting me just off the back of that, on, on down that same thread. Okay, I wrote it down because uh, I don't know if I'm able to remember everything. Um, yeah, so the week prior to going, um, I'm listening through the Bible Project podcast, their whole library, and so I'm doing it chronologically. And uh, the week prior, I just so happened to get to the podcast series on the Family of God theme, um, they have a podcast series on that and uh, so I was listening to that on the week leading up to leaving um, and you know the guys were, were talking about how well I'm not going to try and explain the whole theme right now but um, in short that we're all part of God's family and tracing all the genealogies through the Old Testament and, and seeing that we're just we're like a, a broken family after um, the first few chapters of Genesis and tracing it through and then uh, I just kind of got to the, the prophecies um, in, the, in the prophets and they were talking about all of these estranged nations but in the prophecy they're all, they're all coming up this hill and there's a kingdom on the hill and um, all of these nations are streaming up together to the mountain king um, as I was listening to this, and then we got off the plane. Um, I didn't get to the New Testament, but it was, it was exciting because I kind of saw where it was going. Um, and so we got, we got to Berlin, and then like one of the first things we did was the prayer meeting. You saw some, some pictures. Um, so walking into the prayer meeting, we were just singing in, in both languages, and it was just like walking into walking into a family that we've known forever, um, which I think we would all agree. And, uh, and I, you know, I've been listening to the podcast, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is what I was about to get to. This was, this was a unified family again, um, unified by, by Jesus. Um, but then there was also a lot of heartache. We were hearing a lot about um, people's own testimonies, and um, we, we got an amazing opportunity to pray for them, but there are a lot of stories about, you know, Ollie mentioned like racism, and and you could you could see being in Berlin that this was a nation that was very emotionally scarred by its history, and just we were I think we were all humbled by learning about you know the wall and and the scars left by occupation, and and it was it was it was present, and some people in the church were experiencing. Um, suffering on because of that and and uh, 
But then Jürgen brought the message Oli mentioned, and uh, I won't spoil it in case Jürgen wants to sh share it again. <laughs> Not in German this time, maybe. Um, but yeah, the, the leper, and he was comparing two stories from Matthew and the story from Mark, and, and he was talking about these, the friends who, the four friends who lower the leper through the roof to get to Jesus because they couldn't get through the crowd. And, uh, and Jesus heals the leper, but not because of the leper's faith. He heals the leper because of his friend's faith. And immediately we could see that this, this was a picture of, of the church um, and Berlin. Berlin, who they refer to as beautiful Berlin. Um, because they, you could see they love the city and, and uh, there was just this wonderful theme of intercession of this unified family and their faith to bring Berlin to Jesus yeah. and to see Berlin yeah, healed and that was just wonderful to be a part of Amen. Um, and then yeah we got to pray for them and it was only afterwards, after we got back that I processed all this and it came together in my mind but yeah, it was, it was really beautiful just to be a part of that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And yeah, it was personally for me wonderful to um, hear my wife leading worship in German. Oh, it was like the first time that Nikki led worship or done anything like that. And uh, <laughs> that just kind of tied the whole thing together. That was beautiful. Man. Um, it was good. So. Why don't you pass over to Sarah and Nick? Um, it was Caleb's first ever flight as well when we were flying over. He'd never been on a plane before. And I was like, this is so exciting. You've never been on a plane. It's <laughs> like poking him. I was like, it's going to take off in a minute. <laughs> yeah. We'll either crash and die or we'll land. It's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> So, um, yeah, for me, I, I found it a real privilege to be able to go and uh, spend some time in, in Berlin. Um, so thank you, Oli, for asking us to go. Um, we've touched a little bit on the prayer meeting. This prayer meeting that we went to, there were a couple of things that struck me right at the beginning about how comfortable life is for us. Because we come here on a Sunday morning, all the chairs are out. Somebody's put them out in the week, and they get paid for doing that but all the chairs are out, we sit down, it's all very comfortable. We got to this place, um, church building, that they were renting for the Friday night, and the people that were in the room before us then were still there. So it's kind of like, we can't get in, so we have to wait. So we sort of get in, and then we've got to grab the chairs, the guys got to put the PA out and pack it all away again at the end, which was probably by about 10.30 p.m. by then. So quite, quite late, they're, they're very keen prayers. I said to Ollie, do you think we'll be able to get a prayer meeting to go on till 10.30 p.m. here in Eastbourne? Um, I said, amen, come on. Yep, he did, he did actually. Um, but, but that sort of struck me. But the thing that, that really got me was this time that Caleb and Nikki had taken to learn some songs in German. Because as we were singing in German, it was just such an emotional experience. And um, it made me cry. People who know me well know that I'm a crier. Um, but it made me cry because I found it so powerful, so emotional. And then out of what Jürgen was sharing, um, this whole idea that um, you know, there's effort in getting people to Jesus. So those guys that went and lifted the roof off that building, yeah. they, had to make it, they had to have effort. It cost them to get those people to Jesus. And I just felt after all that they'd been through over the couple of years, that um, 
God wanted to acknowledge the effort that they yeah, put in. Amen. Amen. Because and I just sort of shared that. I don't I don't really think I expressed it very well to be honest. It was kind of a difficult concept to express, but I just really felt God was wanting to acknowledge them, so I shared that with them and it was a, a very powerful evening. We went back and um, I didn't sleep very well over the course of the weekend, but Friday night into Saturday, I woke up at 3.30 a.m. and I was absolutely buzzing. So I don't know if, you, if you're like me, when you're awake in the night, you kind of get frustrated. That's what I'm like when I'm awake in the night. I was awake from 3.30, well, I didn't go back to sleep basically, but I was absolutely buzzing with this prayer meeting, with what I felt God speaking to me personally about my own situation. I felt God speaking again and I managed to share a word with Pete on Saturday about what I felt God you know, speaking to him. So it was absolutely buzzing. I listened to Martin's preach as well from last Sunday whilst we were there. So um, something important I just want to share there. There was absolutely no bust up, right? If you were here last week and heard Martin talking about me running in at the back, arguing about roles, there was no bust up when we were in Germany. It was a lovely, yes. It, yes. It was a lovely, lovely time. But actually, thank you, Martin, for sharing that because something, not the bust up bit, but something in me registered with, personally speaking, when... Uh, a new journey can't start till the old journey has ended. And I just, that was so timely for me in, in Berlin. So thank you yeah, for that. Um, what other, what other, it's a beautiful time with these people. I think what I learned was that some people in this group have got a bit more energy than others. Um, so I'll leave you to work, to work that one out. And uh, finally, thank you, Ollie, for my church suite profile. Where's Sally? Close your ears, Sally. He is the only person that's ever logged into my church week profile <laughs> and probably the only person that ever will. So enjoy, if you look at it, enjoy the Berlin yeah. Bear. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. Go on. That's great. Um, I just wanted to share with you that on the Friday evening prayer meeting, it was a really emotional time. Um, a couple in the church asked for prayer. Um, the wife is Ghanaian and the husband is German. And together they were experiencing absolutely horrendous racism in every area of their lives. Um, we can't begin to imagine how awful life is for them with that. But we prayed with them, we cried with them, and we continue to stand with them in prayer. Yeah. Um, the other thing I felt was um, when we met people at the prayer meeting and also at the house church, we were complete strangers, but there was such an incredible bond there between us. I think we all felt that. And it struck me that our culture and language are so different to theirs but actually the language of salvation and grace and the language of the Bible is exactly Amen. the same. Amen. And it just struck me how much we really are one in Christ. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah, go on. Yeah, Jürgen. You okay. and then, yeah, I think Wendy. Uh, this might cool. be very anticlimactic what I'm saying, <laughs> but uh, I've been through that so many times, traveling, going, being part of little church plants, seeing all their struggles. Nevertheless, it, it, it touched me, it got to me, and uh, the thing that I was dreading is visiting the wall. Mm. I thought that, I don't know if I can handle that, coming from a communist country, living, having lived almost half of my life under such circumstances, I wouldn't know what it would do to me. It, it was a bit emotional, but I just renewed my vows, my vows to never, ever consider myself entitled or whatever, deserving anything at all. It brought back memories how God worked in. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> how God worked in dark times doing miracles. So that was, that was brilliant. It was really, really. Yeah. 
Good for me. It's part of healing, it's part of remembering yeah. what it was like to be a Christian in those days. Sorry. No. And Oli asked, basically, will you share some highlight, highlights of the trip? I know it's anticlimactic, but these guys are the highlight, getting to know you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good fun. Thank ah, you. That's good, that's good. It's, um, and check it on there, I think Wen's, oh, <laughs> There was, we had a beautiful, even, even just some, some food together. I remember Jürgen just said to us, you know, for you guys, you're not going to understand. What we, I was the other side of that wall. You could, you could look through, you could see, you could visit. I couldn't, and I was excluded from that. And, um, and again, I think it's just those moments when, when you spend, if we dig right back down to it, do we spend enough time with each other sometimes finding the gold, the, the treasure that God's doing in and through us? The real danger is if you believe that the only gold exists from the people that stand on a platform in this, in this building, then you're really missing out on the treasure that exists within the life of the church. And we've got, to do, we've got to find that. We've got to listen to each other. We've got to talk to each other. We've got to find the moments when we flourish and succeed. Because some people really flourish in platform environments when they can stand in front of lots of people. Some people absolutely flourish in someone's front room. Some people absolutely flourish when their immediate need presented before them, dealing with one-on-one situations. And so actually taking that time to see each other and to value each other, to believe actually God's done something in and through us and the unifying language is the language of grace is a a beautiful thing to see. And so, um, yeah, it's it's great to capture some of that as we're going through. Um, So I was, I'm going to know about going because I work, so I couldn't go on Thursday because I'm not allowed out of school. So I was a bit like, well, if I'm going, I'll get there at midnight on Friday and then have to leave Sunday afternoon. So is it worth it? But I really felt like people have had words over us that, like when you do life, bring your kids in. And I just thought, I want to bring Finn and Pippa to be part of this missions trip. I want them to see what we're doing as a group of people and like to see something bigger than Eastbourne. So it was a bit full on. I had a horrible cold and we left school and it was a bit intense and getting the kids on an aeroplane and got there at midnight and then the next morning at breakfast hearing about this amazing prayer meeting they all went to and how they'd had this amazing time and they'd met all these people and initially I felt a bit gutted I was a bit like oh why have I come like I've missed the main event but actually like it was amazing just being part of it and like the discussions I've had with Finn and Pips they've really wanted to understand like what the church there were doing and the people we met what's going on and we've had some amazing conversations I really feel like I've broken them for church and for other countries and even just going around Berlin this country we've never seen like Jürgen seeing the walls seeing the history it was it was really moving Um, and then on the Sunday we went back to a, a family's house and these children, like, I think there's so many barriers why you think, oh, no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm never going to go and do my own mission trip or I'm never going to do that because of X, Y, and Z. And they've got three children and they had a lovely house in Sid Cup and they had their family in Sid Cup and they had a garden and they gave it all up because God told them to go to Germany. And they have a flat now and they have to go up about four flights of stairs and they've got three children who speak fluent German. It's incredible. They're the same age as our children. 
and they're so hospitable. We went down to the little ice cream shop and they're speaking in German and being part of this community. And it just blew my mind. I just thought, wow, when God speaks, don't let all the barriers get in the way. Don't put the obstacles of, oh, my children or, oh, my garden or all that sort of stuff. It really made me go, right, God, am I meant to be going somewhere? Like, mm. kind of really got excited about what, what, what is going on out there. So I did have a good time. Amazing. And, um, and the person that we're missing is we took along 16-year-old um, Grace Taylor as well. So Grace is feeling a bit poorly. I think she caught Wendy's cold. So, you know, all awkward. Um, the rest of us are all right, weren't we? Yeah, good. Oh, Caleb got it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we brought along Grace is 16. And so she sent me a message just today and she's saying like, you know, I did GCSE German. I'm wondering what I want to do in my gap year. I just heard again because of Clive's issue with passport. But again, it was, it was that moment she just said yes. And she came along as a 16-year-old and she was amazing. She, and she, just, she was like a sponge, just taking everything in. Again, outside of her context, outside of her comfort zone. And then she's come back saying, I feel like God's just saying, I could do that. I could go and spend time with these people. I could go and say yes to God. If that means spending a year during my gap year when I'm 18, when I finish college to go and do that. Yes, I'm open to those things. The part of this as well isn't, this isn't just so we say, hey, didn't we have a lovely time in Berlin? I hope you haven't caught that as the heart of it. I hope that instead what it does, it just puts a little bit of salt on your tongue and makes you think, oh, that tastes good. <laughs> I, tell you, I, I like a taste of that. I'd like, I'd like to be part of that as well. And I think the, the huge challenge as well is in a big church, we will, we are looking for more and more opportunities to connect. We have a lot of friendships around us. We've been a church for 30 odd years. We're part of a family of churches that spread out across the world. A lot of us have been in connected with people. We want to search for opportunities like that. But on the other extent, I just want to say, go. Don't wait. Don't wait for someone to arrange a trip that you go and be part of. Go to Berlin for the weekends and turn up to their church on a Sunday morning and worship with them. It will bless you. If you, can, if you can do that, if you can find a way to connect. And even if this morning, if you know connections that you have of people around you, people on a mission around the world, message them. Amazing technology use that we've got now. Use Zoom. Connecting with people. Pray with people. Look bigger. You know, this is too small a thing to say, oh Lord, thank you for what you're doing here. We want to be a people that bless the ends of the earth. We want to be called towards God's global mission in changing and transforming Jews and Gentiles and Greeks. We, we, we want to transform the world that we live in. We want all people to come to know Christ. And so this is a powerful room of people to be released to go. And so go, find it, talk to each other, talk in your life groups, participate in. But as we come into land now, I just want us to pray for the church in Berlin. So could you just turn with the people that are around you now? And they're worshipping. They're about an hour the other way. So it's 11.45, it's 12.45 there. They're probably just coming into land. But can you just pray now for the church that are there? Pray for the team that are out there. Pray for the city. Let your heart be stirred and say, God, would you be glorified in and through those people? So can we do that for a few minutes? Just turn to each other and let's pray.